Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. The sound you're hearing means it's time to talk some Houston Cougar sports. And joining me is the co-host of the most comprehensive Coug podcast, Dustin Rensick, who, along with Sam Raz, hosts the Scott and Holman podcast. Not only is it great to have you back, Dustin, but excited that we actually have the two major sports actually playing on the same day this weekend, fingers crossed. Potential <laughs> uh, triple header, even as uh, the women's uh, hoops team is going to be in action early in the day. So hopefully, uh, all three of those games actually come to pass. Obviously, uh, we've known uh, now for a while now in the uh, the era that we're in. You got to, uh, you know, up until the moment of that the game actually starts, you can't actually uh, assume that you're getting a game in until uh, until it actually tips off. So hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get to see those games this weekend. Yeah, what a crazy year! And even though I'm more pumped to talk hoops, let me. Put that on the back burner for a sec because Dana Holgerson's team, three and three, and he's had, I want to say, five games either canceled or postponed so far this year. Are you giving Holgerson a mulligan for this season or have you seen concerns or maybe bad patterns that can't be ignored going forward? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's reasonable that, you know, last year was it was fair to give him a year zero given, you know, just the uh, the, the roster issues that he inherited from the previous staff. And, uh, you know, this is year one and it hasn't been, you know, I don't think the program is yet where anyone wants it to be. Uh, but that is often not the case. And, you know, what is to be fair, a year one uh for uh, for coach for coach Holgerson and you know I was really hoping to get uh, some a few more games in to really judge this team by you know as as they have stood three and three for a while now and you know all three of their wins uh, you know UCF Cincinnati BYU some uh, three pretty darn good teams this year and uh, the three teams they beat you know other than Tulane maybe uh, two, who's who's been playing a lot better as of late maybe those three wins haven't meant a whole lot so I really felt like those last three games of the season were going to really kind of determine how far this program had come, how well did they do against, you know, the other teams, the Tulsa, Memphis, and the other teams that are kind of in their tier of, of the conference. So unfortunately, you know, it's, it's certainly up in the air if we're going to get uh, how many of those games we're going to get to uh, to finish the season, but certainly an incomplete grade for, uh, for Holgo so far. And, uh, you know, regard, you know, honestly, probably regardless of, uh, you know, how the last couple of games finish and how many games actually get in. That's probably going to still be the case, given that, you know, I don't know how much you can uh, really draw from this season, uh, just given, you know, everything that's gone on. Yeah, and the story coming from last year, it sort of leaks into this year, is the quarterback situation because De'Aaron King transfers to Miami, has had a bounce back season. The word out there is that, you know, he was going through a lot of personal stuff last year with the health of his father who later passed away. And that's one of the big reasons why Holgerson basically was redshirting him. Uh, Coach was trying to do him a favor, which apparently he did. Is that what you heard? Or with hindsight, uh, are you okay with his decision? Yeah, I'm, I'm always all right with any player. You know, that's always been our case. Just given given the way that the coaching turnover goes, um, I, I would never begrudge a player who wants to uh, to make a, a move that he feels in his in, that, that is is in his own best interest. Certainly not someone like uh, like Derek who put his time in and did some really great things at U of H, uh, got his degree before moving on. So, uh, you know, the the kind of the uh, you know obviously I'd rather have him in the uh, the scarlet and albino this year for the Cougs, um, especially given how well he's played uh, for the Hurricanes, as you mentioned, and the bounce back 
comeback year that he has had. Um, but, you know, kind of the silver line that I've been taking away from that this season is I felt like Derek King deserved to, you know, have a team to lead. And I felt like Clayton Toon deserved to have a team to lead as well. And uh, the, the silver lining of the Derek King transfer was that both of those guys got to lead a team this year. And both of those guys, I think, have shown uh, a lot and shown that they deserve to, you know, have a college team of their own and have done some really exciting things. So I am happy. And, uh, you know, I've, I've watched some Miami games and it's, it's fun to watch Derek play while well. he's, uh, you know, one of the most dynamic players in, uh, in college football. And you know, have nothing but good memories of his time at U of H and uh, hope he uh, continues to have a good season for the Hurricanes. And the Cougs, six games, Clayton Toon, 11 touchdowns, six interceptions. How would you assess him? You know, I, I would, you know, if I'm grading him, I maybe have him in the B range, I would say. Uh, he's certainly, I think, taken a step forward, looked more comfortable than he has uh, for much of the year. Um, but, you know, we kind of said in the preseason that his his development was going to be intertwined with that of the offensive line. And I think that's that's certainly been the case is that, you know, when he's had a uh, anything approaching a clean pocket to throw out, if he's been, you know, he's been clinical, he's just made every every throw. He's got a great arm. He can make a lot of throws downfield, uh, hasn't missed too many. But it's uh, it's been the games against the really you know tough defensive fronts uh, that the offensive line hasn't been able to uh, hold as much of a pocket for him. And we've seen him kind of, you know, regress to some of those habits that he's had the last couple of years and the uh, the happy feet and not always making the best decisions under duress. So, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's a step forward, but uh, but certainly it hasn't. He's not the top tier of the conference for sure. Um, you know, there, there are, you know, Dylan Gabriel and some other guys that have had uh, better years than him. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm I think he's, he's developing, developing well. And uh, hopefully, you know, given that the uh, this year isn't going to he's going to finally get the red shirt, ironically, even though he's going to play uh, play all year this year because this year is not counting for anyone's eligibility. So uh, if he had potentially has a couple more years left uh, on campus, I think that, you know, he, he he's on the right track uh, developmentally. Are you guys in sync about that? You and Sam, you both feel the same way about Clayton at this point? Yeah, I think uh, I don't want to put too many words into Sam's mouth, but, you know, I think we've been uh, we've been generally happy with him. And like I said, we've certainly, you know, at times this year when he hasn't come along as fast as maybe we were hoping, we've certainly uh, we've said those things as well. It hasn't been in, uh, you know, a perfect season or an A season or anything like that. But, uh, you know, like I said, I I think, uh, you know, in the in the B range, I think is uh, is fair, given what he's shown and the limitations that he still has as well. The defense, on the other hand, giving up 33 points, 435 yards per game, bottom third in Division One. I'm guessing you're not thrilled with what you've seen? It, it, it's been, you know, either really good or a really bad kind of hit or miss. And we've seen certainly some games playing again, some some really good, uh, some really good offenses like Cincinnati, UCF, BYU. The defense still has uh, has looked pretty overwhelmed. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if you uh, you look at some of the other games as well and, you know, I, I'll go back to, you know, Tulane, who uh who has been just scoring a lot of points and uh, having a lot of success. There's Tulane right now is scoring so many points. Their offensive coordinator is getting hired away by uh, Southern Miss to go be their head coach. And, uh, you know, if you look back at that Tulane game, other than, you know, when Houston was just turning the ball over left and right and uh, and putting Tulane in uh, in prime field position, you know, three times back to back to back in the first quarter. You know, other than that, the defense absolutely shut the green wave down in that game. So it's, it's been a mixed bag. And given how bad the defense was last year, it's, it's better than it was. And that's that's, you know, damning with faint praise, certainly. But it, it, it's stepped in the right direction. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think we were very much going to really if those games get in, you know, I, I feel like the final grade on how the defense is done is it's going to depend on seeing how well they would do against, you know, SMU hopefully this weekend or, uh, you know, if they're able to uh, to get another game in after that. So, you know, SMU would be a good test and hopefully uh, the Cougars will have a strong performance there. And if they do end the season with uh, with one or two decent performances, then I think we can say, OK, you know, there certainly were some games that they uh, that they didn't uh, didn't show up to with, uh, you know, the A game. But uh, but on the whole, it would you know have been a measurable step forward. 
Who or what has surprised you about the team so far? I've been pleasantly surprised uh, surprised with uh, a guy like Christian Trahan, the tight end. I thought has been a real big uh, part of this offense. It's been fun watching him develop. And I know he was a guy that Coach Holgerson graded out as uh, as the team MVP in one of uh, Houston's wins this year, or the offensive MVP for the game at least. Um, and then, uh, you know, really it was unfortunate because he got hurt and uh, and hasn't uh, been able to play the last couple of games. But until his injury, Peyton Turner uh, really pleasantly surprised me on the defensive line. He was a guy that, you know, has a big, big frame, you know, really projectable frame, really athletic guy. Uh, yeah, and uh, this really looked like the year, you know, under defensive line coach Brian Early that he looked like he had really kind of put it all together. And he was just a, a monster for the first, I think it was three or four games of this year uh, until he got hurt. And then has uh, unfortunately been out. And I think that's uh, coincided with some of Houston's defensive of struggles as well um, but yeah watching him and uh, you know just and uh, him and also on the defensive line uh, there's a, a freshman uh, Chidozi Nwako who is a, a true freshman playing a surprising amount of, uh, of minutes and snaps on the defensive line and he's been a real force at times someone that is has at, at times been really disruptive and gotten in uh, into the backfield um, already as a true freshman and uh, wearing number 10 wearing no no pressure he had, he chose to wear at Oliver's number 10 and he's he's playing in the interior defensive line already as a true freshman so there's been uh, you know certainly some guys on the defensive line that uh, you know when things have been going well defensively it's been because of uh, some surprising uh, performances from, from those guys what do you need to see from this program next year what do you need to see from Holgerson what do you need to see as far as progress yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's the, the goal of this team should always be to, to be near the top of the conference. So it comes down to brass tacks. Is he, you know, does he have this team competing for a shot in the conference championship game uh, next year? And, you know, it would be his his you know third official year, second if you're giving him the, the mulligan year, you know, like we've been uh, willing to do. Um, and, you know, I, I think at that point, certainly given, you know, that he hasn't gone for a super long a long-term rebuild. He's, he's brought in a lot of transfers, a lot of guys that he expected to uh, to contribute right away. So it's not as though Houston is, has, you know, has some super, you know, freshman and sophomore heavy uh, roster this year. Um, they, 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 you know, he's been, he's been willing to, uh, to, to bring some guys in and, 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 you know, roll the dice and go for it and, and try to compete from day one. So, you know, if we get something approaching a normal looking college football season next year, then, uh, you know, my expectation would be that, yeah, that Dana Holgerson has Houston competing for a spot in the conference championship game, whatever uh, format the conference uh, looks like next year. Am I right? Is the virus not affected U of H? It's always been their opponent, right? So that had been the case until the last couple of weeks, uh, in which case it has been. Uh, I think the first one was both teams were dealing with issues. Uh, and then this past week, I think it was U of H specifically. So finally, it looked like it had, but up until that point where the first five, you know, season openers had all gotten canceled, that was uh, that was entirely on uh, the other team every time. Yeah, I kind of want to give Holgerson a little credit there for most of the season anyway, because they were disciplined enough to follow instructions and I assume, you know, kind of stay out of the trouble with the virus. But, you know, sometimes it's it's just, it's beyond your control. But, you know, I just think that's pretty good that he made it through most of the year without U of H specifically having that issue. Yeah, certainly. When you've got, you know, the, you know, hundred plus guys that are involved in a, you know, football program between players and coaches and other, you know, support staff that, uh, that has to be around those guys, you know, just the, you know, one decision by any one of those, you know, hundred plus people can, uh, can have, you know, major consequences in terms of, you know, who could then, you know, have been exposed and then who's going to be ruled out through contact tracing and things like that. So, you know, good on them. And, and like I said, good on the Cougars that most of the year they've, uh, they've done reasonably well with it. 
So let's move sports. And for the first time in 35 years, U of H is a basketball school. Looks like they've picked right up where they left off too. That's three and O out of the gate and a top 10 team already after dominating Texas tech, which was a top 20 team. What do you think of their performance on Sunday? Yeah, it was a uh, really, really exciting. We had high hopes for this team coming into this year, thought they were really, really potentially top 10 in the country. Good. And uh, certainly they did nothing to uh, disabuse us of that notion as uh, they came out and just, you know, set the tone. We're nearly doubling up Texas tech at uh, halftime. Uh, we're up 50 to 30 before they ended up, you know, maybe, maybe uh, hitting the brakes a little too early, taking their foot off the gas a little too early. And uh, it ended up being a little bit more competitive uh, down the stretch than they wanted to. Still got the double digit win. And Texas Tech is the best team on Houston's schedule this year. There's not, you know, the American doesn't have another, you know, I think really top 25 caliber team outside of Houston. And uh, the rest of their non-conference, you know, they've got a couple SEC teams, but not, you know, real top 25 caliber teams. And I expect that Texas Tech will still continue to be that. So it's a really exciting win for Houston to get that kind of a resume win early on because we knew that that was going to be the best game on the schedule. So that's either going to be your number one uh, jewel in your crown in terms of your, uh, your resume come selection Sunday, or it's, uh, it's going to be a lost opportunity And Houston dominated the game from the word tip and uh, you know, from the, from the word go and uh, sweated out a little bit, but still, uh, still comfortable. We got the win. Kelvin Sampson called it a championship effort from his guys. And uh, I would, uh, I would agree with that. You referenced it. They had a little bit of a meltdown in the last 10 minutes, just for a few minutes there. Looked like Dejan Giroux was trying to take control down the stretch, but wasn't up to the challenge. Should it be Giroux's team this year, or do you think somebody else maybe needs to be in charge of this team for them to have success. Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, somewhat of a by-committee uh, approach similar to what we did last year. I think there's going to be times when Jarreau is going to take over the game, um, but there's going to be times, you know, uh, like we've seen already this year when Quinn Grimes takes over the game. We saw in the season opener Marcus Sasser took over the game. Uh, you know, Houston has gotten 3-0 without even really getting anything from Caleb Mills, who's only played a little bit off the bench and kind of nursing some sore ankles. You know, he's the preseason conference player of the year. Houston's 3-0 with the big win over Texas Tech. Haven't even really seen him play anything approaching his best ball yet. And uh, certainly from what we saw as a freshman, we know Caleb Mills uh, can take over the game. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Certainly Dejan Giroux was the senior. You expect to see, you know, the leadership and the responsibility from the senior. And I think, you know, we, we've seen that when even when his, uh, his offense struggles, you know, the Boise game, for example, had uh, you know a Mountain West Player of the Year caliber player in uh, in uh, Mr. Alston for uh, for Boise State and uh, Dejan Giroux largely held, uh, played most of the defense. I'm held him to zero points in that game in uh, in 32 minutes. So you know Dejan Giroux can really impact the game in a lot of ways. Uh, certainly some turnovers uh, late in the game and didn't always make uh, the best decisions. But you know he just does so much for this team that you're willing to uh, to kind of overlook some of the uh, the mistakes here and there. And you know he wasn't the only guy. Uh, Marcus Sasser, I believe it was, took a bad uh, 10 second backcourt violation when he should have known to get across the court. So uh, definitely some mental errors. But you know I guess that that's why you build a 20 point lead in the first place, so so you can uh, withstand a little bit of that and still uh, hold on to win. Let me ask you about uh, the guys that are developing here with the Cougars. Which player are you most excited to see develop this season? Oh man, that's uh that, that, that is a tough uh, question. Cause there's a, uh, there's a lot of guys, um, but you talk about Caleb Mills um, and, and just what's so exciting is that last year, it felt like a lot of the time he was the only guy that was really being assertive and, and creating his own shot offensively. And what we've seen so far this year is that there's so many other guys on this team that can do that. You know, Tremont Mark coming in as a freshman can do that. Quentin Grimes looks more assertive in doing that. Marcus Sasser has looked more assertive in doing that. Um, so Caleb Mills, 
you know, going from a guy who at times it seemed like it was four guys standing around watching him. Uh, so, he, so if he gets back healthy and, you know, he's got all these other the, all these other options that are going to be, you know, forcing defenses to uh, to take notice. You know, I feel like that's only going to make things uh, make things even better for him. And and certainly, you know, go, scoring guards, we've seen this coaching staff have a lot of success bringing them along. You know, guys like Rob Gray, Corey Davis, Armani Brooks. We just saw those guys get better and better offensively year after year after year. And this coaching staff has not been afraid from, uh, you know, on multiple occasions, I've heard them compare Caleb Mills to Rob Gray in terms of just that, you know, limitless natural uh, scoring ability. So when, when they made those, you know, analogies, they also said, but you got to know, Caleb Mills is coming in as an 18 year old freshman. The first time we got Rob Gray was as a red shirt junior. So you gotta, you know, you gotta give him some time to get there. And uh, certainly he seems like he is on his way to becoming a, a Rob Gray level talent, maybe even, uh, maybe even better than Rob was because uh, it just seems like he has an unlimited ceiling. And I know it's maybe an easy answer to pick the preseason conference player of the year for a guy that I'm uh, looking forward to watching develop. Um, but obviously Caleb Mills is uh, going to be worth the price of admission once his, uh, his ankles get right this year. Is Mills or any of these guys, have NBA potential? Have you heard any buzz about that? You know, it's not something I follow super closely until a little bit later in the year. And, you know, Quentin Grimes is someone that tested the uh, NBA draft waters after his freshman season at Kansas before he decided to transfer down to U of H. And, you know, if he plays like like he has in stretches where he is really, you know, I think ratcheted up his toughness and his rebounding this season from what we've seen from him so far. Uh, you know, he showed that showed that Boise game when he scored uh, 17 points in the first half that he has the ability to heat up and just put up some instant offense. So I'd expect Quentin Grimes to be uh, thinking that way. Uh, Caleb Mills certainly has the potential to uh, to think that way. Three games in, I, I already feel like the freshman Tremont Mark, I don't know if it's this year uh, already. I don't know if he'll be a one and done. He might not be uh, that polished yet, um, but I feel like Tremont Mark uh, in a year or two. I, you know, I, I'd be surprised if we hit all four years of him on campus at U of H because he uh, just seems incredibly talented, just can score in a variety of ways, does a lot of things well, and uh, feels like he uh, could e- easily play at the next level as well. Kelvin Sampson, you were hearing a little bit of buzz about him maybe ending up with the Rockets with that opening. Do you feel like you dodged a bullet and you feel like this is maybe the last bullet you got to dodge with Samson? He's going to end his career at U of H. Yeah, I feel like uh, I don't really pay too much attention to any of those rumors anymore. I feel fairly confident. Uh, you know, just everything that uh, that he said is that he he's enjoying being back in the college game. He's enjoying his son as his assistant, having his daughter Lauren, uh, you know, working uh, for the uh, the U of H basketball program as well. You know, being around his family and, uh, and and having the whole family together and getting getting to experience that and and just getting to return to the college game, uh, which obviously means a lot to him. It just and and then putting the language in is you know that when he retires, Kellen uh, his son will take over for him. Um, so it just it just feels like this this certainly feels like it, this is going to be his uh, his last stop and he certainly you know just based on his age you wouldn't think is going to spend another you know 10 years uh, in the coaching profession or anything like that so uh, you know I'm just I'm just excited to have him around and uh, obviously he took over a program that was just completely lost at sea and just uh, built up something from uh, from scratch so I have to imagine from his perspective it's incredibly rewarding to uh, to you know continue to helm this program that he is you know just, like I said just literally built from scratch um, and you know and seeing the passion for this program that exists and the fan base that just wasn't there uh, when he took over and getting to do all that with his family uh, seems like a good situation. And, uh, you know, I expect him to be here until he retires. And, uh, you know, hopefully the other uh, worst case scenario is if uh, if something does happen, uh, 
you know, or, or when eventually he does choose, choose to retire, then uh, you know, expect Kellen to uh, to take on over. And he's been Houston's uh, lead recruiter, a guy that I think is going to step in and uh, and do a fine job whenever his dad uh, moves on. So I think every reason in the world to feel pretty confident about Houston's uh, coaching situation for the uh, near and long-term future. Last thing on the Cougars basketball team is just, you know, you said there wasn't much as far as major games concerned in conference. I mean, what what are the litmus test games that you're looking forward to the rest of the year? Or is it just a matter of watching this team develop and, you know, hopefully you, you see them gaining momentum uh, as they go towards the tournament? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll kind of see how the conference race uh, plays out. And I mentioned they do have a couple SEC teams, South Carolina and Alabama. They have to play Alabama on the road. That might still be a tough one, although the uh, they looked pretty bad uh, against uh, Stanford the other day. So maybe not. That's why I kind of uh, you know, I thought maybe that was going to be Houston's one last marquee game. And then they lost by like 20 to Stanford. So uh, so maybe not. You know, Memphis was certainly expected to be the number two in the American, potentially a top 25 team or at least a tournament team. But they've taken a couple of, uh, you know, uninspiring losses already in the season. Uh, SMU was expected to be uh, you know number three and potentially a tournament this uh, team this year um, they uh, they've, I've they've played a couple cupcakes so they haven't really had much uh, chance to uh, to prove anything one way or the other but they return a lot of talent they've got a ton of scoring uh, question remains to be seen whether or not they can uh, play any defense is something they have yet to do uh, really under uh, coach Tim Jankovic but you know I think games like that in Cincinnati looks like they might be you know a tough out UCF looks like they you know they just got to win over Auburn so they might be tough so you know Houston has been really 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 good uh, at home in uh, in conference play and I'd be I'd be shocked if Houston loses more than maybe one game uh, at home this year but you know just I think the litmus tests are going to be you know hitting the road to you know face the SMUs and the uh, the UCFs and the Cincinnati's and you know Houston will be the, the will be the favorite in those games Houston will probably be the favorite in every game remaining on its schedule this year but you know crazy things happen in college basketball you know especially uh, when you go on the road so it's going to be you know certainly plenty of tests just to you know test this team's mental fortitude and do they do they show up with with their A game or something approaching their A game every game? You know, I feel like if they do that, then they're you know if Houston shows up with its A game, there's no one in this conference that's likely to beat them. You know, but it is uh, even for a Hall of Fame coach like Kelvin Sampson, it's easier said than done to get uh, get your roster to really show up and uh, and have that A effort night in and night out. Well, I I, I know I want to talk to you more about the Cougs as we get closer and closer to tournament time, but man, I'm looking forward to watching them all season. They're just they're so fun to watch and the effort night after night is, is so fantastic. Uh, remind people where they can catch you guys and, you know, what you guys have got coming up on the schedule. If there's anything recently that uh, somebody should listen to, if you're a Kooks fan as well. Yeah. If you search the Scott and Holman podcast, anywhere where you get your podcast, you should be able to find us. And we have a, a pun in our name. It's pod P A W D podcast. So the Scott and Holman podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Our most recent episode is we were, uh, you know, pretty giddy about the win over Texas Tech, so you can get our full game breakdown from that. Um, a couple episodes ago, we had our big uh, blowout season preview episode uh, for men's and women's basketball. We talked to uh, Coach Alan Bishop, is the strength and conditioning performance coach for U of H. He had uh, some really good insight. He's someone we've talked to a couple times. Really uh, has given us some good insight on the program. So, uh, so that's three games into the season. The season preview is still pretty fresh. So I uh, would recommend giving that a, a listen. And then uh, you know. We're pretty active on uh, Twitter, so you can give us a follow over there at SH Podcast. And again, the same paw pun in the name at SH Podcast. We are prolific tweeters, so uh, we will probably uh, follow you back if you're pretty interesting on there. We tend to interact with most uh, everybody on there, so uh, that's where you can find us. Yeah, go check their Twitter account out. It's fun to, <laughs> to see what's going on, and yeah, they will they will definitely holler back at you. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on here, Dustin. Thank you so much for doing this, and go Cougs, man. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on, Robert. Always good to talk to you. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.